So today we're going to be talking about advice to people aspiring to become doctors or physicians um, from my dad. A lot of people private message and comment what would his advice be to people who are pre-med school or they're in high school and they're wondering what, you know, what would the advice be from someone who's currently a neurosurgeon, currently a doctor um, going into the field. So Let's let's start there. I mean, I don't know what, but let's. You can talk about your path first. Yeah, I think it's easy. Advice. It's easier if I talk about my path, and that'll hit a lot of general ideas for people. And then Kevin can cut in. Um, maybe he has some questions, but I, I think the first thing when you start, um, you, when you decide you want to go into medicine, you have to have your why, right? Like, why why are you going into medicine? What is the reason? Do you want to really help people, or do you want to make money, or do you think it's exciting and cool? Um, for me, it was personal. You know, my brother was in a car accident when he was 21 and had emergency brain surgery in the middle of the night and was in a coma for six months. But that's, that's what initially got me interested into neurosurgery or into medicine in general, but specifically neurosurgery. And, you know, um, you watching my brother through those months, I was just thinking there's gotta be a, a better way to help people through this. And, and I wanted to be part of that future to try to help people not have to go through what, what our family and my brother went through. Um, so that's what started for me. So I, I had kind of a personal passion about wanting to be a doctor. And for me, I, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon because that's what I got interested in after my brother's accident. Um, so I, I was actually going to be in marine biology. I was signed up for classes at University of South Florida in marine biology. And then after my brother's accident, I completely changed my career goals and I dropped out of um, uh, college for marine biology, and I went went into college to become a, a neurosurgeon. So, do you think, like right there, I think a big thing of of any career, like your why, has to be super important because yeah. medicine, especially, it's very long hours, it's very yeah. stressful. So, do you think that is probably the most important thing, or what? Or what I, I think that is the most important thing because I mean, I, you you hear this is very cliche, and people say, you know, don't go in it for the money. Obviously depending on what field you're in, but medicine in general, people do very well financially, especially being a neurosurgeon, but you give up a lot. You know, I mean, the hours that we work, the times you're not home with your family, the events you miss in your life, including time with your family and your kids. So you have to take that all into consideration. So it really depends what you want out of life and, and what's important to you in life. I mean, you know, is, is family time important or being home on the weekends and not, you know, being able to do what you want to do as a doctor, often you're on call on the weekends and you know, your time is spent helping other people, but not being with your family. So I think the why is definitely the most important thing that you have to figure out. Why do you want to go into medicine? And, and, you know, some, some people will decide it's not for me after thinking about that. Um, but other people say, yeah, medicine's for me. So if you, if you decide medicine is what you want to go into, then, um, you got to start taking the steps to do it, you know? So Initially, obviously, got to go to college. You got to have four years, at least four years of college, as far as I know, a college degree. And um, I was just a bachelor's of arts um, was my degree, so it wasn't anything fancy. It can be a bachelor of science. There are people who do a psychology major. You can do all kind of different majors. You just have to hit the criteria. and And I would say what I relied on, and maybe it hasn't, maybe it's changed in thirty years, maybe it hasn't. But what I relied on was my. Um, academic advisor you know every every college has an academic advisor and they will kind of guide you to what what core criteria or classes you have to take so you can so you can fulfill the criteria to get into medical school because that's that's your goal if you want to be a doctor is getting into medical school so college you have to hit your certain criteria just like when you went to college 
for Fisher Business School, there probably was an academic advisor, right? Who, yeah, yeah. But I think in today's world too, with the internet and like all the websites and everything, if you put in all the work, you can look at all these different resources. You can see the different requirements. So it, it's really worth it. You're going to be spending so much time doing that. You've got four years of college, all the hours you spent studying in these classes. It's worth spending lots of time before semesters and planning everything yeah. out um, and to constantly check in with that yeah. to make sure you're on the right path. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of leeway. I mean, you can take, you can take some classes that are of interest to you, like astronomy and if there's literature you're interested in, but there's just a certain core classes like organic chemistry and things like that you have to, you have to take. So it's, um, it's a bit of give and take, you know, you get a little bit of what you want to do with your degree, but then there's other things with your degree that you have to take certain courses. Um, and so outside of just obviously the, the straightforward going to college, how do you think people, especially in how competitive med school is and residency is nowadays, what do you think there are ways for people to stand out or yeah. give themselves a better chance to getting in? Yeah. So as far as me- medical school goes, I mean, for me, I, I did a few different things. I mean, I, um, you know, I knew I wanted to go into neurosurgery or at least medicine to start with. And so I contacted the neurosurgeon at my um, medical school in town. Um, and I, you know, said, was there any research projects that you had that I could be involved with? And I told him about my brother and my, my passion to want to go into neurosurgeon. So he was very receptive. And so I started doing research for a neurosurgeon um, in my spare time. Um, that was one thing I did. I also... Um, looked into becoming a deaner. So a deaner is an autopsy assistant. So my wife's a pathologist. She does the autopsies, but I help with an autopsy. So I'm an autopsy assistant and it, it was a paying job, but, um, so I made some extra money, but it also, I think it looks good that I was, you know, doing something with the human body and, and something medicine related. So that was another thing that I did. So if you can get in any kind of research or any kind of job related to medicine, I think it helps a lot. And, you know, that's something where you have to be proactive. You have to see, um, you know, what kind of research is out there. Like my son-in-law to be uh, Hayden, he's going to college right now. This is his first year, but he wants to go into medicine. So he's contacted actually um, a doctor uh, in town who, who he said he wants to go into medicine. And so he's working in a lab right now too. And it's voluntary work, but you know, if he gets a publication out of that, it looks very good on your resume when you go to apply for medical school. So you just have to position yourself with things like that. But ultimately, the most important thing, obviously, is your grades. I, I, I truly believe that. I mean, you have to really study hard, get good grades, try to get a 4.0 if you can, um, because you have to stand out. There's so many people that want to go to medical school, you have to stand out somehow. And 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 so you got to get good grades because, you know, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people can get, you know, near 4.0s now. So you have to be competitive with them. Um, you have to study really hard for your MCATs, which is your pre-admission test in the medical school. Um, and then you have to do things that are outside of just your classes, which include trying to get into some research project or do something medically related that makes you stand out among the other people. Yeah, I think for undergrad, like at least nowadays, I think is if in how like hard undergrad is for going into uh, like pre-med. I think if you can get a 3.7 to a 3.8 or above, I think you're in a really good boat. I think that's in yeah. the top 10%. Well, I think it not. puts you into a I think group, the near right? four, yeah. I don't think there's many people who get 4.0 in pre-med. Yeah. So just to, to roll back a little bit on that, because I know some people, some I know people who if you have like a 3.8, that's considered really good in pre-med. So I just get as good of grades as you can as possible. That's just going to... Well, I guess what I meant, I, I, have a, I think what happens, I'm pretty confident about this, but 
you know, when you apply for medical school, I think there's um, categories, right? And so when your resume comes in front of the people that review, you know, if your GPA is 3.5, you're going to get put into a pile over here. If your GPA is a 3.9, you're going to get yeah. put into a pile over here. And then among that pile where everybody else has the 3.8 or 3.9, then they're going to look at, you know, what have you done? You know, what makes you outstanding among all these other people who got 3.8 or 3.9 GPA? And that's where the other things come in. But I think you have to have that grade point just to get into a, a good category, yeah, well, you know. So. It, it just improves your chance. It's yeah. all just about improving your chances because at the end of the day, it, that, that's all you can do is improve right. your chances. That You can't guarantee anything. And then the last part, um, you know, you got, you got to start to learn to interact with people a little bit and because part of it's going to be, um, I don't know, for medical school, you know, when you interview, it is a process and you have to come across like somebody who is going to um, take advantage of what they're offering. I mean, when you go to medical school, they want you to be successful. They want you to um, advance their program, make them look better. And so they want somebody who is, um, what should I say? Presentable. <laughs> Presentable, who, um, who, who seems motivated, passionate. Um, and I think for the most part, people can see through that. So you can't really fake your way through that. But I mean, um, again, that's just like your why too. I think yeah. that's when people get weeded out. Right. Um, so, because that's not like what people, people aren't going to ever want someone who's just motivated by en- extrinsic things right. such as money. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely get someone on soon. One of my friends is, I believe, uh, M3 right now, but, uh, there's some different people. We're going to, we'll try to get a med school student because obviously it's been a while since you have. So it'd be good to talk through, like, have you talk with someone yeah. who's currently in medical school? Cause I mean, that's just something we get all the time and people who follow yeah. like you on social media is a huge thing is. So for like anybody in those. high school right now or anybody not in high school, who's just, they maybe they're in college and deciding to go into medicine. But so the first thing I think, you know, to, to step back is going to be your why that's the most important thing. Do you really want to be a doctor? Um, do you want to, you know, be in charge of taking care of patients and, and, and it's a busy lifestyle and it's not, sometimes it's not inducive to, you know, um, family life as much as you may want to be. So you, you have to have a reason why you want to become a doctor and, and it has to be something innate. You know, you can't, what am I looking for? You can't, um, you can't really fake it. You have you to, can't fake it. It has to be something to. you want to do. Right. So, well, it's just like, um, you know, they say, if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. It's not necessarily bad, but it's, the fact that you're willing to sacrifice hours to help other people. Right. And so we, you get through all that, just like you getting through residency or those other hard times is there's just that shared camaraderie and you're all, you're working really hard towards an end goal of what you knew was going to like what you were trying to achieve. If you don't really have that, when you fall back and you just try to think of an external factor to motivate you, it doesn't really work very well when you're, say, studying 10 hours a day. You need that internal why to keep pushing you forward. I mean, if you're, if you're the kind of person like where you think, God, I, you know, I'd like an eight to five job, you know, and, and you would be upset if you had to stay till 10 o'clock at night, then, then you have to really think hard that maybe I don't want to be a doctor because you're going to become frustrated and unhappy, you know, so... Um, I think too, there's a lot, there's lots of stuff just like us putting, like putting stuff out about you and just other, there's so much resources now with the internet and social media, trying to really like think about different things, put a, put a lot of effort and thought into what you want to do. Ex- try out different things. See if there's what field, you know, try out medicine, try out other things, get yourself exposure, just like getting internships or 
fellowships or other things or unpaid intern or unpaid volunteering, just any way you can to interact with these different fields. I mean, if you're going to be doing that for, you're going to be putting so much time effort into that. You want to try to explore if that's something you do enjoy. Yeah. I mean, in the bottom line, in the end, you just got to, if it's something that interests you, you got to just try it, right? And if it doesn't work out, you know, that's life and you change your career. It's not what you want to do and you may have put in a lot of effort and time. But, I mean, ultimately, if it's something that intrigues you, um, it's a great career. So, I mean, you know, give it a try and you just have to see what happens. Um, so then you get into college, right? And, and I don't know, people ask me all the time, like, does it matter if I go to Harvard or Yale or if I go to the University of Toledo, which is where I went? I mean, I don't think it matters as much for me. It didn't as, as long as you do well there. So for me, I got a very high GPA um, and I did well on my MCATs and I did research ahead of time and did some other things. And so for me, that helped tremendously getting into um, into medical school and ultimately a good residency. So um, I don't know as if it matters as much where you go to college. And then the same thing, then, then you're off to medical school. So let's say you went to college, you did well, you're applying to medical schools, um, and so now where do you go to medical school? And, and so, again, uh, it depends what you do when you're at school. You know, I mean, you can go to Harvard and get a 3.5 and you can, or, you know, 3.0, 3.5, and you can go to University of Toledo and get a 4.0. And it really is going to depend on how, um, what, how, if you make the most of your time and apply yourself. Yeah. I mean, just because some people, I think, get into really not good yeah. colleges and they don't apply themselves. If you pursue your passion and you're working very hard, I think if you get into any medical school, you're well on your way and trying to become yeah. the best version of yourself. And so, you know, medical school, once you get into medical school, then the first two years is, is kind of basic sciences. You know, you do anatomy, a lot of classwork. There's a lot of testing, um, a lot of tests. And um, when I graduated, when I was in medical school, we used to, they would rank you and tell you what percentage and what where you were in the class. And we'd always go outside of class and we'd look at our names to see what we got on the test. I don't know how it is now if it's just pass-fail. I honestly don't know. But the first two years is just going to be a lot of studying, long hours, because your goal is to get good grades um, on your test, you know. And then your third and fourth year, that's about clinical. So this is where you really get into um, being on different services. So you'll do a three-month rotation on internal medicine and a three-month rotation in surgery, and you'll do a, potentially a psychiatry rotation and, and – um, there's all kind of different rotations that you do through those years. And that's where you really get a chance to kind of see what, what kind of doctor I do I want to be and what, what interests me. Did I like being on internal medicine service or, or did I enjoy being on the orthopedic service or the neurology service? And that's where you kind of hone in where your career is going to be. And during those years, you get evaluation. So after each rotation, um, the attendings and the residents, they, they evaluate you, they write you letters of recommendation, and that's all used to formulate your grades, but also some of that is used for when you go to apply for residency. You know, I mean, if you, if you decide you want to go into internal medicine, then I would become very close with the internal medicine attendings and maybe go out of your way to do some extra, um, you know, research or, or extra work with one of those doctors because they may potentially write you a glowing, um, letter of recommendation that, that the residency people are going to read, say, this guy's a stellar applicant. We want him in our program. So, so once you get into medical school, two years of um, basic sciences, a lot of rote memorization, long hours studying, a lot of tests. Um, and then when you get into your third and fourth year of medical school, that's where you get into your clinicals, which is getting into the hospitals, being on a service, seeing if you like that specific 
specialty. And that's where you decide eventually what you're going to apply to for residency. Yeah. So, and I think though it's a different thing of once you get to the third and fourth year of really paying attention and giving each one as much time and thought yeah. as you can to see what you really are and then yeah. pursuing that one with your full yeah. effort of trying to get into that. And you'll find like it, a lot of people ask, well, how do I know what I want to do? Like, I think um, one of my rotations that I did was um, OBGYN and I, I hated it because <laughs> I, first of all, I didn't like as a medical student, I didn't like going in on a private situation with a family, a, you know, a husband and wife in there and having a baby and I'm sitting there standing there. And I just never felt comfortable in that scenario. And it just didn't, it just, it's one of those things right away. I knew that's not what I wanted to do. So it, it didn't take me long to figure out that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, I did internal medicine. Internal medicine was fun. It was kind of like being a, um, a detective, you know, you, you have a patient that comes with a set of symptoms and you're like the detective trying to figure out what disease do they have. And it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I mean, I enjoyed it at first and I was thinking, God, I might want to go internal medicine. But then I realized I really wanted to be more procedure oriented. I didn't, I didn't like that. You just, all. I mean, it just wasn't for me, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't like just working with the patients and never doing a procedure. So I was more procedure oriented. So when I did my surgery rotation, I really liked surgery a lot. And I like the atmosphere and I like using my hands, um, being hands-on. And then, um, you know, when I get, did my neurosurgery rotation, I really liked it. So you, you'll learn as you go through what you like and what you don't. Psychiatry, I didn't, I didn't like. So it's, it's, I think it's paying attention to not just aspects you like, but things you dislike that can guide you just as much yeah. to picking the field that will suit you the yeah. best and suit your skill set the best. Sure. And another person will go through that and they'll say, this is for me. Is I, I love this. I love delivering you know, babies. And so it's just one of those things that it's going to be a personal preference, but it'll, it'll strike you when you go through your clinicals, you'll, you'll figure out which, which one you like the best for sure. Well, I think as you do each one of those things, if you think that this might be the one, like you said, trying to reach out to people who are attendings or residents yeah. in that field. So you can talk to them further and try to confirm or right. um, not or reject your uh, thesis there, that that might be the right field for you. And then, um, so then medical school, so that's four years, right? And then after that, you graduate. Um, in your senior year, early in your senior year is when you start to apply, I think, for residencies. And that's where you have to decide. First of all, you have to know what field you're going into. And then you have to, um, there's a common app. I think it might be the same as for colleges and medical schools, right? But I don't know. Yeah. So I don't, the common app that they have in college and medical schools, it's, um, there's for your residency for, I think for basic information, there's a common app, but, but you have to apply to each school individually for residency. That's how I did. Anyways, I picked the ones I wanted. It's like, I applied to, um, don't you rank them? Like you do rank them. So like my rank was uh, university of Michigan was my number one choice. And then Johns Hopkins was number two. Number three was, um, university of Rochester where I ended up going in Rochester, New York. Number four was Yale. Five was Georgetown. Um, six was University of Washington, Seattle, Washington. And then I ranked like nine, nine spots. So I got my third choice. Um, cause they all rank you back. So they rank right. the different people they want. So University yeah. of Rochester, I'm assuming ranked you one. Yeah. So, so University of Rochester obviously ranked me one, um, uh, University of Michigan and, um, John Hopkins didn't rank me number one. So then, um, 
I got my third choice and Rochester got their first choice, which was me. So how, how it work is say, say someone at Michigan, say he was ranked second at Michigan and the first person was ranked first ended up going somewhere else that they got matched to, then it, it can go to yeah. the next person. So it's kind of a joint, you know, everyone's seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. And it was very nice. I don't know, like I, when I, you know, when I, Michigan and the reason I picked Michigan and Hopkins, because when I went there to interview, I, I just felt really comfortable those programs. I love the, um, you know, Buzz Hoff was the chairman at Michigan and, and um, uh, Donlin Long was the chairman at Hopkins. And I really like the chairmans a lot. They influenced me because they're very gentlemanly and they had a great philosophy about residency and how they treated people. And, and I just thought I would have thrived there. And it was very nice because they called me, I don't know, a week before the match was going to happen or, or days, I don't know. And they said, you know, you're a great candidate, but we just want you to know that we're not going to rank you number one if you rank us number one. And um, they kind of let me know ahead of time. So, which I don't know if they do that anymore or not, but it was, but even with residency, you know, you go and interview and it was really about meeting the residents. I liked the residents. They were like me. They all seemed very motivated. They had, I kind of, they just seemed like I could be friends with them. Um, the programs seemed very gentlemanly. And the program I went to at University of Rochester was a very gentlemanly program and um, became close friends with my residents. And it's kind of like a family, like you're, you're moving into a new family because you spend so much time with them. And so you have to be comfortable with the people you're going to be working with and the staff you're going to be working with and your attendings. And I, it was a great program. Yeah. Well, every residency is different, obviously. Neurosurgery is right. like the one longest at seven years. Seven years, yeah. But versus other ones, so. Do, well, you know, like people will take gap years in between like high school and starting undergrad, like yeah. college. Do there people do that with residency and stuff like that? Well, I did it. So between, um, um, was it between medical school? No, yeah, between between medical school and residency, um, I took a year off. Um, so after medical school, I I applied for what was called a Howard Hughes Research Fellowship. Um, they give out, they, at that time, they'd give out 60 in the country, not many of these given out. And um, it was just a way to do a year of research because I really thought I wanted to become an academic neurosurgeon and someday be a chairman of a program. That's what I really, my intent was. And so I did this research fellowship. I was lucky enough to get it, so I wasn't going to turn it down. So after medical school, I did an additional year of a research fellowship, um, got to go to, to Maryland, to, to um, Howard Hughes Institute, and I presented my research. And and had some papers, you know, like five or six research papers I, I got out of that year. And so that really helped me get into a good residency, but also was a good experience. And and um, so, yeah, sometimes people will do gap years. Like if you if you don't think you can maybe get in somewhere or you want to be or you want to get into a really good program, you want to ensure that you're in a top pick, then you might do an extra year to make yourself more marketable or, or you know, more desirable to programs. So I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, but so there's no like just come for set path. There's lots no, of different yeah. ways. You don't have to. I say most people don't do that. I was just yeah. different, you know. So, um, well, I know some people. Some people will after undergrad. They will if they don't think they're they'll apply and say they don't get into med school. They yeah. will study really hard for their MCAT. Maybe trying to work or do research somewhere while they're doing that, and then apply again the next year. Or if you know, so there's there's tons of different ways. You, yeah. you, if you truly want something you just keep yeah, my, trying mine became a part of my medical school because i so my wife we were in the same medical school class so she graduated in 92 and i actually graduated in 93 from medical school because that howard hughes research fellowship we built into my into my medical school 
I don't know why it worked that way, but that's the way it was. So I I had a five year medical school that way. Yeah. Um, when you so. guys did a joint, there's like, is there, I'm assuming there's still is that they did a couples, joint, couples, yeah, they did a match, couples yeah. match for residency. Yeah. Which then involves so mom yeah. is going into forensic pathology. So although we didn't, we were going to do a couples match. We didn't end up doing that because nerve surgery was so competitive. Um, a couples match wasn't going to work for us. So so what we did is when I interviewed at the programs. Um, we would let them know, you know, that Cindy's my wife and she's a uh, pathologist, you know, and, and she needs to do a pathology residency res- residency because she started her residency. You know, I was doing my Howard Hughes research fellowship. She was doing her first year of residency. So we found programs that were amendable to us both coming. So I just applied through the neurosurgery match. Um, but we talked to the programs ahead of time and they said that, yes, your wife would have a position in our pathology program if you come to our program. So that's how it worked for us. So we didn't do yeah. the couples match oh, because okay. neurosurgery was too competitive to do it that way. But you still were proactive in yeah, nature. We, yeah, we did it. Definitely proactive. Yeah. So, um, but so, I think that, I mean, that was, I mean, that's your path and that's just like in the general sense, you can, I think it's more, it's kind of f- figuring out what you want to do. And then at each step, keep planning and researching and trying mm-hmm. to keep stand out as much as you can and put in the time and effort. But in just a general like overview sense for any like advice to people, what do you have any like major advice you would say to anyone who wants to be like in terms of operating as a doctor, operating as a physician? I mean, my advice would be that you have to, I mean, I've said this before on other TikToks, I think, but you you have to be committed, right? So if you're going to do this, don't go into it lighthearted thinking, well, I'm just going to try and see if it works. I mean, you can't have that to me. This is something that you want to do for the rest of your life. You know, you got to be passionate about it. So, be committed um, and don't don't quit. You know, I mean, at the first sign of adversity, when it becomes tough and, you you know, maybe God didn't think I was going to have to study this much or, or, you know, have this many tests or I'm not going to have a chance to go out on the weekends. I mean, don't don't give up. I mean, stick with it. I mean, you, you can do it. I mean, there's no way you can't do it um, if you put the time and effort in. But you have to have that mindset that this is going to be a journey for me and it's not going to be an easy journey at times. And so. There's going to be times that are better and other times that are not as good, but you have to keep that end goal in sight, right? This is what I really wanted to do. This is my why, and I can do it. I just got to stick with it, you know? And so I would say be very committed with it and don't get discouraged um, to the point where you want to quit, you know, because you can, you can make it, you know, you just got to um, keep that end goal in sight. Yeah. I mean, that's my biggest advice. Cause that's, I had to do that many a times thinking, you know, I, I, you know, I'm ready to quit, but I I just know I can do it. It's just got to get through this period. I think keeping the angle on sight, keeping the long term, you're going to be, if you keep going, you one day be a doctor versus if, yeah. and not thinking about just the short term, oh, I can't go hang out with my friends when yeah. everyone else is doing it. That all won't matter. Well, you know, yeah. times get five years, 10 years is going to pass no matter what. So you might as well work really hard and accomplish your dreams. So, and honestly, it sounds cliche and stupid, but you <laughs> You know, you got to stay positive. So so when something happens in your life, instead of always being negative and say, uh, it's, it's, this is just, you know, not going to work, you got to flip it around and say, I, you know, this is this is exciting. This is why I'm in here. You know, I, I, I'm working until 10 o'clock and I'm seeing a ton of new stuff that I would have never seen that the normal person can ever see. And I'm seeing a, a, a glimpse into people's lives that no one has access to. And so you turn it around instead of saying, I got to stay till 10 o'clock and I can't go out with my friends tonight and this, this sucks you should really turn around and say, I have the opportunity to do some things that most people will never get to do. And I'm excited to stay till 10 o'clock if I have to, because I'm learning stuff that nobody else is. And so you have to 
you have to, in your mind, you have to turn things into a positive, stay very positive, get the negative out, because if you're negative all the time, you're just not going to make it. Yeah. But that, that's like that's, life, right? I mean, well, I think, yeah, I think just the positive attitude, it, it's an opportunity versus I, right. you get to do something versus you have to do something. Right. And so it's all about how you frame yeah. things. But yeah, that applies to many so, aspects of life. But I think that's all very good advice, I think, for anyone. Um, anyone who's maybe watching this that has aspirations or is currently in the process or if you know anyone who is and you think this would be valuable, share it with them. Yeah. Because uh, I know all the time in social media, social media, we get comments and messages about that. So yeah. I think to summarize, you know, just in, if the takeaway from this would be um, get your why and know that's what you want to do. But then, you know, just get into college. OK, it doesn't matter where you go to college. Just get into college. Do well. Get good grades. Try to do something extracurricular, um, whether it's medical related or not, even even if you form a new society. I mean, they want to see that you're motivated and and smart and and um you know your ingenuity counts for something and then from there um you know you work your way into medical school and, and during medical school that's where you really have to continue to work hard um, get into some research projects and set yourself aside and and then once you get into the clinicals you have to really focus on um you know seeing what you want to do common questions we get what kind of grades you have to have to get into medical school high, you know, it's competitive. So you, you have to just try to get as high grades as you can, whether that's a 3.2 or 3.8, you just got to try to do the best you can and stay committed. Other things would people ask, you know, does it matter where I go to college or medical school? I mean, obviously if you go to Harvard, I mean, Harvard has a name, but in my mind, it's more about what you do there at the medical school you're at. So get good grades, get involved, be active with things, make yourself stand out. That's what counts the most to get into residency more than anything. And then um, people will say, what other questions do we get? Um, you know, is residency hard? Yeah, yeah, residency is hard, but it's exciting. So, you know, residency, residency is long hours, but that's where you're going to learn your field. You're going to see things that people never see. It's exciting. Um, and it's a, it's a unique time in your life. I mean, my seven years flew by. When you first start, you think it's never going to end, and then in the blink of an eye, it's over. So, I mean, enjoy those years when you get into residency. It's a very exciting field, you know, medicine is, and, and it's very gratifying. Um, and it's just one of those things when you when you see how you've helped a person and you've changed their life, there's just no other better feeling than that. Um, I think all that work pays off, and it's very rewarding. So you just have to, yeah. like, looking back on it, I mean, that's the thing. If you have that why, all of that work is very meaningful because it, it reward, the reward comes right. from that of getting to change people's lives. So, you know, we, we hope this was helpful. I mean, these are the, uh, we asked this a lot about the questions that we went over and the discussion we had. So we hope this was helpful for people who are maybe considering going into medicine.